This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We're starting uh, a new series for the next, uh, this and two more weeks, next three weeks, on this series called I Work Out. Look at your neighbor and say, I work out. Look back and say, I can tell by faith. I love how gym people are always frustrated this time of year. Like, oh, everybody's at the gym, right? I have a membership. I've had a membership for over a year. I'm not sure where my gym is, but I have a membership. I know I pay for it every two weeks. But uh, I work out. You know, some people are down on all the comments and Instagram posts and Facebook and New Year, New Me. We had one person say, everybody's saying New Year, New Me. She's like, man, I'm excited to meet a whole bunch of you because I don't even recognize you. Everybody's going to be new, but I'm actually excited about that. I think I need all the motivation I can get. And I like seeing people get motivated for the new year. But we want to start a series for the next couple of weeks called I Work Out. And it's talking about getting ourselves spiritually where we need to be to start this year, 2020. And we believe that it, it profits to, uh, the body a little to work out. It's good to be in shape and watch what you eat. And I got goals and we got goals. And I didn't look at my wife when I said that. I looked at you, right? Because help me. I don't, I, wanna be, I don't wanna get myself in trouble. I need to get in better shape. Uh, but spiritually, there's something longer lasting about your spirit. And we believe we're, we're people that believe that God has a plan. He made us body, soul, and spirit. We need to look after our body, look after our soul, our emotions, our thoughts, and our mental health and well-being. But there's something about our spirit. And God wants our spirit to be strong. And I want to be able to lift weights in the gym, but I want to be able to lift some things with my spirit and be able to get through the day that we're in. And not just get by, but get through. And come on, be more than a conqueror. And we believe these next couple of weeks, as we start this decade, as we start this year, that God's going to speak to you. He's going to encourage you, maybe convict you, but definitely prod you on so we can get in better shape spiritually so everything God has for us this year and this decade we'll be ready for. Can someone say amen? What kind of year will 2020 be for you? I don't know if you've thought about that. I, I, there's something about this time of year that causes us to be very pensive and, and, and contemplative where you start thinking about the year that was. But I started thinking about the year because little did I know last year at this time what the year would hold. Man, there were some adventures I didn't see coming. There was some opportunity, some amazing moments of joy. And there's also been some moments of pain and discomfort and challenges. And I don't know if you're like me, but it's given to the season that we're in that we kind of, with, 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 with reminiscing but also looking forward, going, what kind of year will this be? What kind of year will this be? I think it's important to take stock. I think it's important to take some moments and think about it. Sometimes as pastors, we're guilty of selling hype from pulpits. Is that too honest? Sometimes we're like, this is going to be the best year of your life. Sometimes we say things like, this is a year of harvest in your life. Sometimes we say things like, you're going to get promoted and all things are going to go. You know what? That's actually not true. Here's what I've realized in life. Sometimes life happens and we have nothing to do with it. Control is an illusion. Have you realized that yet? Some things will happen this year that will be amazing, that will be blessings, that will be joyful, and you didn't choose it, you didn't control it, you didn't make it happen, it's just life. And there are some things that are going to happen this year that are going to be painful for some of us in this room. Some things in this room are going to be challenging that, that we didn't see coming and we didn't choose it. It's not because of our actions or our choices. The Bible says it rains 
on the just and the unjust. Sometimes life just happens. That's the truth. But what I've realized, if I'm honest today, is most of our life is based on the choices we make. Not all. Sometimes you're going through rough stuff. It's not your choices. It's not sitting in your life. It's not because you did something wrong. Life is not fair always. Life is rewarding, but it's not easy. Have you realized that yet? But most of the year that we will live in, when we get to December, at the end of this year, the house that was built in this year of our lives will be built on the choices from every day and every week leading up to that. That's the honest truth. Most of our lives. So my question for you today is, what will 2020 look like for you? I'm excited for this year. But this year will be determined by my choices by your habits, and by our routines. Isn't that the truth? Not everything, but most of what we are going to call 2020, more than just a post online, more than just positive thinking, most of what our life will look like this year as we start this decade, the the roaring 20s. Isn't that weird to say? The roaring 20s. We get ready to start this decade of the 20s. It'll be based on our daily choices, our weekly habits, and our monthly routines. It's the absolute truth. I'm really excited for this year, if I'm honest. I, I, I just, I, sometimes we get guilty for being excited sometimes in faith. I don't know what that is. Sometimes we think it's blessed to be down and, and, and negative. I'm really excited for this year. I, I, I think it's going to be an amazing year for, for us personally as a church. I'm excited for new adventures, for new relationships. I'm excited for opportunities. I'm excited for more people to meet Jesus in this room. Can someone say amen? I'm excited for what God has planned. We have adventures planned and opportunities planned. I'm excited for what God has. It's interesting, this book, this Bible, it's more than just a history book. It's more than just a romance novel. It's more than just philosophy. and his, it's, it's all those things, but it's more than that. But it's interesting, this book starts with these words. In the beginning, God. And then he goes on and creates and builds and and all these adventures and stories. But everything good starts with, in the beginning, God. I believe this year, as we start this year, I believe this year needs to start with, in the beginning, God. As we start this year, in all our endeavors and focuses and efforts, that we would say, as for me and my life and my house and my relationships and, and my endeavors and my focus and my work, in the beginning, God, the very beginning, our goal as a church is say, God, you're first. That's why some of you drove through the, the rain and the snow and the sleet to get here today. And, because you understand it's more than just coming for coffee and seeing each other, though that's not bad. There's something about saying, I need to make sure that in the beginning, God... In the beginning, God, in all my going and, and, and working out and all my focus on work and all my plans, and, 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 but in the beginning, God. The Bible says early in the morning, do I, why? Because I seek him early in the morning, why? Because in the beginning, God. And early in this year, that's why we're focusing on I work out, why? Because we understand the power of in the beginning, God. And out of that will flow This year, opportunity for us. I believe there will be correction. I believe there will be opportunity and optimistic uh, uh, visions and joy. I believe there will be uh, blessings of relationships. I believe there will be financial blessing. But I know all this, it all starts with, in the beginning, 
God. Not when I get around to it, God. Not when I feel like it, God. Not when the weather breaks, God. Not when uh, I, I, I get the right sermon. Not when I get the right podcast. Not when I get more people going the same way. Not when it gets a little easier. In the beginning, God. I think it's fascinating that this whole story of redemption, with all the pain and joy, everything starts with putting God first. In the beginning, God. Can I encourage us, again, as a church? In the beginning, Nova. Of 2020, God. Amen? If you have your Bible today, can you turn to Matthew chapter 9? I'm going to unpack some scripture today. That's our goal, not to preach our opinions, not just to preach culture, but to preach the Bible. We believe in the Bible. Can I encourage you to read your Bible this year? I want to get better at that this year. I, want, I believe that can change the way I think, the way I act. It can change the way I react. It can change something with this book. It changes you. My youth pastor taught me, you don't read this book. This book reads you. I listened, Pastor Bruce, all those years. When I read this book, it tells me about my past and what God wants to do with it. It tells me about my future and what God has planned for it. It tells me about my present and what God wants to speak to me about. Matthew chapter 9, verse 17, says this. It says, no one, Jesus is preaching here, and he's using an illustration or a parable. And he says, no one puts new wine into an old wineskin. Right away, I lost half of you. You're like, wait a minute, wineskins? We live in 2020. It says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. Today, for the next few minutes, I want to talk on this title and this first message in I Work Out is don't forget to stretch. Don't forget to stretch. All of this place, if you're able to, can you just stretch straight up? See, a whole bunch of you Baptists just lifted your hand in church for the first time ever. <laughs> just go on, just stretch it. Doesn't that feel good right there? Try not to show my belly right there. All right, Nick. Stretch. Don't forget to stretch. We had the best Christmas ever as a family. We had a, the Christmas experience as a church was amazing. If you were here, we had two full auditoriums and people made a commitment for faith and we blessed our city and it was awesome and our team worked hard and it was so much fun. But as a family... We had our best Christmas ever. We had Christmas Day and then Boxing Day. We flew to Boston and as a family, and we just relaxed in Boston. I've never, I've never been to Boston before. I uh, loved it. It was beautiful. Everybody brags on Boston. I know why now. We just wandered around and slept in, and with our kids, we just enjoyed it. And we went to a Raptors game, and we, we went to a musical, and we just enjoyed the city. But I knew that we had eaten too much bad food, when my 15, soon-to-be 16-year-old son looked at me straight in the eye one night and goes, I really need some celery. <laughs> True story. He looked right and goes, I really need some vegetables. I was like, yeah, I feel it too. I just feel like I got motor oil in my veins. He goes, I just, I just need some vegetables, Dad. I'm like, we gotta, it's so hard to find vegetables, especially at Burger King. I just, it's amazing, right? I just realized, man, best Christmas ever, but there came to a point where I was just like, Man, I need some water. I don't know what it is when I cross that border. I just drink Dr. Pepper like it's going out of style. I don't know what it is. You cross the American border, it's like Dr. Pepper. I get this craving. I drank too much Dr. Pepper. I had too much fast food. And my son's like, Dad, I just need some vegetables. We came home, and it's our annual tradition here as a church. We play football on New Year's Eve, and we had soccer and football. And we went to the, the stadium up here, and we rented the field. And, and uh, I'll never forget, we're running around. I had this moment. I know some of you know this, but I'm late to the party. I'm looking around the field, and I realize I'm, 
I'm a good 15 years older than anyone else here. I had that moment. I'm usually, I'm used to being some of the younger guys on the field, and I'm looking around at that moment going, I am the oldest guy. No exaggeration. I am the oldest guy on this field right now. Some of you aren't surprised by that. We're like, right, you're, you're in denial, Mike. You are one of the old guys. But I started doing the math. Between me and Lee, after that, it dropped down by about 15 years. I'll be 45 in May, and I'm like, most of these guys are under 30. Some of them are early 30s. And I'm like, man, when did I become the old guy? I realized I didn't stretch before I played. And the problem with football is I get my ability and my ambition mixed up. I have this ambition. I watch quarterbacks. I watch Tom Brady. I, I, I watch NFL football on Sunday. And I had these trick plays, and I'm famous for my trick plays. And uh, we got all this. And in my mind, I have this ambition, but my ability doesn't match it. It's amazing how my mind is quick, but my legs aren't so quick anymore. And, Start running down, I'm trying to race the 16-year-olds, and I'm challenging the 15-year-olds. Come on, I'm going to beat you down the field. And I won every time, by the way. But the next day, something happened when I woke up. My ambition and ability became very clear. I couldn't get out of bed. I sat up, and I go, what wrong? Did I hurt myself? I realized, no, you're almost 45. And I forgot to stretch. I remember hobbling around the house, and Nancy goes, what's wrong with you? Because I'm always getting hurt. I'm always doing shit. What did you hurt? What did you do? She goes, oh. Football. Oh, two hours of football and soccer. Oh, it makes sense now. I love my son. He tried to make me feel better. He's like, he's 15. He's nothing but lungs and muscle and hair. And he looks at me and he goes, Dad, if it helps, I'm a little sore. He wasn't sore. He wasn't moving sore. He wasn't limping, but he's so kind. He wouldn't hurt anybody. He's like, Dad, Dad I'm, a, I'm a little sore. I start texting people that played football. I text Lee. I'm like, Lee, are, are you sore? He's like, I'm so sore. I'm like, yes, I feel better. He's a firefighter. He's paid to be in shape to save people's lives. Good, he's sore. I started texting other guys like, Corey, are you, oh, I'm so sore. I'm like, good, I feel better about myself. If more people are sore, I'm not so bad. Don't forget the stretch. Brian, are you here? Brian, come on out. Brian, come run of applause for our production team. Come on out, Brian. Stand right there. Brian, you're a triathlete. I do marathons on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> Brian does triathlons, which is swimming, biking, and running. Yes. How many, how many kilometers did you bike yesterday? Uh, I ran 12. You ran 12 and swam? Kilometer and a half. Kilometer and a half. I got to two shows on Netflix yesterday, so we're both doing the same thing. Well done. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this, but we're going to try to touch our toes today, all right? All right? I don't know if you <laughs> all right. Now, I'm, I have skinny jeans on, so that's a little bit right there, okay? I'm not sure. If, any, if you hear ripping of any point, just look away, okay? I'm not sure if it's ligaments or pants at this point. Ready? All right, try to touch your, try to touch your toes. Oh, good Lord. Can you grab the bottom of this? Don't fall forward. I'm going to stop there because <laughs> I felt something pull. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Some of us are in better shape than others. Brian's in better shape than me. Don't forget to stretch. Matthew chapter 9, we just read today. As we unpack this verse, I want to encourage you today. But Matthew chapter 9 is all about capacity and stretching. There's a culture lesson you need to know that Matthew 9 is about capacity, potential, preparation, and stretching. Matthew 9, you need to know this about wineskins and wine, is old wineskins had been stretched already to their limit. They were used to having wine in there for, for, for traveling and journeys, and they were stretched to the limit. And they say the wine got into the, into the skin. It was made usually out of goat skin or some kind of animal skin. The wine had gotten in there over time and fermented, and because of that, it made it brittle. 
Which means you could fill it normally because old wine had already fermented and the chemical reaction was done. But if you put new wine that hadn't aged yet and was still going through the chemical process, that wine would go into an old wineskin that is already stretched, that's already brittle, that's already been used, and you put new wine in there as it started to ferment and the chemical reaction, it would start to react and expand and the brittle wineskin would burst and couldn't contain the new wine. Matthew 9 is all about capacity, please don't miss this, and stretching. Listen, we want God to do new things in our lives this year. Listen, that's more than a point you need to understand today. Whether you're new to this journey or you've been around for a while, we want God to do new things in our church. We want God to do new things in our lives. I have not come this far just to look back. I want God to do some new things in my life. My fear is that I'll become a full-time pastor and a part-time disciple of Christ. What a shame for me to be the best pastor I've ever been, but be the worst Christian I've ever been. I want God to do new things in my life. I would say most of you in this room would say, God, do something new in my life. But it all comes down to capacity. If we want to contain new levels, listen to me today, church, we need to stretch. I heard someone say that the church is the best organization of creating content that we'll never use. It's so easy just to fill out a sermon, right? Do a series that looks catchy on a, on a, on a slide, and we, we, we walk in, and then weeks later, we don't remember what we preached. I don't remember what I preached. You don't remember what I preached. This is not just content to fill up a Sunday morning. I'm reminded today that if we want God to do something in our lives, why? Because we believe God, if he does something in our lives, it makes our families better. If it makes our families better, it makes our neighborhoods better. My God, if our neighborhoods get better, our city can be changed. If our city can be changed for God, we can influence our country. And our country can influence the world. Listen, I want God to do something new in my life. Because it's more than just for me. It's more than just for you, sir. We need God to do something new in your life. I'm realizing, though, to do that, I've got to stretch. We have to resist the urge to stop growing. Resist the urge to stop learning. I would trade everything I do know for everything I don't know. The older I get, the more I realize I don't know enough. We have to resist the urge to stop learning. Resist the urge to stop leaning in. Well, when I was younger, I'd lean in. Yeah, I used to do 21 days of prayer a couple of years ago, but I've kinda, I'm kind of past that point now. And I don't really know if I need to really read my Bible. I don't know if I really need to go to church. I don't know if I need to reach out. We have to resist the urge to stop leaning in to what God's doing. We have to resist the urge to stop dreaming. You're only old, church, when you have more memories than dreams. That's why I love the seniors in our church. You got some dreams. You don't come to a new church like this unless you have some dreams. When I talk to you, I say, why do you come here? The music is so loud. We had someone in their 20s say, uh, your church is way too loud. I could never come there. I'm like, uh, okay. The seniors are like, we love it. We got hearing aids. We just take them out, you know? But you don't come here unless you have some new dreams. We have to resist the urge to stop dreaming as a church. Stop dreaming about your life, about your personal life, your spiritual life, what God wants to do. Philippians chapter 3, very famous passage. In verse 12 and 14, says it this way. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or, or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on. I could say it this way, but I stretch 
to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward or stretching to what lies ahead. I stretch, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I want to encourage you today, no matter your age, no matter how long you've been in this journey, we must commit in the early part of this year to say, no, no, I need to stretch. Because if we want God to fill us and have a greater capacity and do something new, it's more than a tweet or an Instagram post or a conversation. Somewhere we need to make sure that we stretch to contain what God wants to do. I am not the leader, me and Nancy are not the leaders we need to be yet for what God wants to do through this church. But we are committed to stretching. We must lean in and stretch. The older we get in life and faith, the less we like change. Have you realized that yet? You just walk into your grocery store and some young person in business decided to change the layout of your superstore, your Sobeys. Isn't that annoying? Because you know where to find that thing that you can never find, water chestnuts. You know where to find that. You can't find If you know where that is, you do the grocery shopping. And you finally figure out where the hard things are, and all of a sudden they start switching things. Because someone did a status, did a survey, did some research, and they move everything. You're like, why do they keep changing things? I was talking to one young person over Christmas, and they said, I said, how's your dad doing? He goes, oh, he's frustrated. They just, they, 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 he had to give up his phone and get a brand new iPhone. I was like, why is that? They said, because the phone company came to him and said, your old BlackBerry won't work with our system anymore. You have to get rid of it. You need a new iPhone. He goes, he's trying to learn how to use real, uh, no, not real buttons and digital and touch. And he's trying, why? We don't like change the older we get. When you're younger, you love change. When you're younger, you love when they change Facebook. You love when they change new apps. You love when there's new updates on games. You love new stuff. The older you get, you're like, I don't want to drive a different way. I don't want to act a different way. I don't want my store to be different. Why did they close down that coffee shop? I just got used to it. We don't like change. Isn't it the same in our faith? Sometimes we like things a certain way. I like a song a certain way. I like the music a certain way. I like to sit in my seat. I like, I, like, I, like, I like this style. I'm comfortable like this. I realize the older I get in my life and in my faith, the less I like change. Here's the truth today. The more flexible you are, the less chance of injury. Studies prove this. Athletes, that if you are flexible, if you stretch and get flexible, the less chance of getting injured. My son played high-level soccer for years, and before they get subbed on, the coach would send them down the sidelines, and they do all these exercises for a couple minutes. Why? Because you just don't run out cold because you're going to pull a hamstring. You're going to pull your Achilles. You're going to hurt yourself. Why? You've got to stretch because if you stretch, it lowers your chance of injury. How many times in church life do we get injured? Do we get offended? Do we get put out? Do we get, we start limping because we didn't stretch ourselves ahead of time. Listen, if I'm stretched the way I need to be with God, I'm not offended by someone's comment or lack of comment. By someone's look at me, whether they shook my hand or didn't shake my hand. Why? If I'm stretched where God needs me, I don't get hurt easy. But when I stop changing and I, I, I focus on myself and I stop reaching forward and start looking back, it's amazing how quick I get offended whether it be in a coffee shop or online social media or someone showing up or not showing up. Stretching increases flexibility. Flexibility increases the less chance of getting injured. Physiotherapy. If you're a physiotherapist, we pay you to hurt people. Pay you to stretch people. 
What you're saying is, I'm paying someone to stretch you correctly. It's painful and it's healing. When you have an injury, like you need to go to physio. What they're saying is, I want someone to stretch me properly. It's painful, but it's healing. Some of you, God wants to stretch you this year in your faith. You're like, it's uncomfortable. It's painful. But the stretching is actually healing. Some of you, you've started to crust up in your faith. And God wants to stretch you this year. And it may be uncomfortable, but it will heal you and enlarge your capacity for what God has for your life. Change doesn't have to hurt if you're flexible. Can I encourage you to say, just don't tell old stories. Pray forward prayers. We're guilty of this as, as pastors. We get around, we tell old stories. You ever see someone's book and their back bio picture is like from 20 years ago and you meet them in real life, you're like, ooh, <laughs> you know. They get that one picture taken in 1985 and they just keep it for the rest of their life. I don't want to be guilty of telling old stories and not having forward prayers and forward dreams. Change doesn't have to hurt if we stretch. Tell your stories, but dream forward, pray forward. I just don't want to get together and complain about the old days and the old people and the old moments. I want to get to forward, get together and pray together. Some of our leaders tonight are getting together and we're praying for the future. Not just dissecting the past, but praying for what's next. Change doesn't have to hurt if we're flexible. Isaiah 54 Verses 2 and 3. I love this passage. Listen to this. It says, Enlarge your house. Build an addition. Spread out your home and spare no expense. Another, instead of saying spread, you could say stretch out your home. Other version talks about stretching your tent and enlarging the, the pegs and ropes. It says, for soon you'll be bursting at the seams and your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle in ruined cities. Let me read that first part again. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread or stretch your home. Here's the truth today I want to leave with you. Stretching proceeds occupying. Before you can have more capacity in your home, it said stretch your walls. Listen, God's called us as a church and God's called you as people to have more capacity and to occupy more space. Here's the truth. I want you to stretch where you want to live. Stretch where you want to live today. You want to live in peace? You need to stretch in forgiveness. If you want to enlarge the house of peace, you need to stretch in forgiveness. Some of you don't have peace because you haven't stretched your forgiveness. You can't have peace and unforgiveness in the same place. Unforgiveness will kill your calling, it'll kill your dreams, and it'll kill your spirit. But when you stretch your forgiveness, you occupy peace. Where else do you want to occupy? Where else do you want to live today? You want to live in abundance? Stretch in generosity. The Bible says, what a man sows, he reaps. If you want to live in abundance, you want to live in more than enough. I'm not just talking finances, though that's a part of it but generous in your life. I talked about my youth pastor was generous in everything he had, his opportunities, his position, his relationships. If you want to live in abundance, you need to stretch your generosity. Some of you are asking for a harvest, but you've never sown anything relationally, financially, physically. Where do you want to live today? You want to live in joy? Man, we need joy, don't we, as a culture? People are trying to drink, smoke, date their way to joy. You want to live in joy? You need to stretch in obedience. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
That word Lord means master, boss, in command. That says the joy of the Lord, the joy of being under the command of God, the joy of following Jesus, the joy of submitting my emotions and my, my, my temptations and my hormones and my desires to Jesus creates a joy. Following Jesus creates joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And it's more than a happiness that can be passed based on whether it's a joy that actually strengthens you. You want more joy? You need to stretch our obedience. I'm saying, God, I want to be more obedient to you. You want to live in a place of greater leadership in your life? Listen to me, leaders. Whether it be in business or church or school, you want to live in greater leadership? You need to stretch your serving. The Bible says the last shall become first. Jesus says, I came to serve. I've learned this, that people that grow in leadership, they stretch their serving first. That's the way I was raised. That's the way we pastor. If you want to grow in leadership, you stretch your serving. It's not about your resume or how well you play music or teach or preach or do business. It's when you serve, it stretches you to live in a place of leadership. Matthew 12, verse 9 and 10, I love this. It says, Jesus now. Talking about stretching. Jesus went over to the synagogue, and he noticed a man with a deformed hand. And the Pharisees asked Jesus, should we heal him or not? And Jesus just ignored them. He said this in verse 13. He said to the man with the deformed hand, he said, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. The man stretched out his hand. Stretch what you need strengthened today. Isn't it interesting, Jesus didn't say, stretch out your deformed hand. He said, stretch out your hand. At that moment, that man who was used to hiding his deformity, that man that would have had it covered in a rag or a cloth, the man that, that was always ashamed because he knew he wasn't normal, that he was deformed, that he couldn't function fully, was, spent his life overcompensating for his weakness. I'm sure this arm was stronger. I'm sure that's the one he led with. But he, he would hide his disformity. And Jesus gave him an option at this moment. He said, stretch forth your hand. That man could have been like, man, this guy's important. I want to put my best foot forward and put out his strong hand and said, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for helping me. Isn't it amazing that Jesus didn't say, give me your deformity. He said, just give me your hand. And that man at that moment had a choice. Do I give my best or do I give my weakness? And he said, I know what I need strengthened, and that's what I'm going to stretch. I want to encourage you today as we stretch, don't forget to stretch. We stretch our weaknesses towards God. We don't hide them. He can only heal what we don't hide. Walk in here, and I'm good. I know the songs. I, I give in the offering. I show up. But you're dealing with weakness. You stretch that towards the Lord. Go, God, listen, I thank you for your help, but today I'm coming to you, not to blab it on Facebook. I'm not looking for pity, but God, you're more than pity. You're the one that can actually heal me and help me, my marriage, my singleness, my body, my needs, my mental state, all the stuff I deal with, and I stretch what I want strengthened. As we start this year, church, stretch what you need strengthened. God will heal what you don't hide. Where are you weak? Stretch there. Man, I'm just not consistent, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just I, get, I get into these moments where I just, I, I'm good for a week or two. Stretch that towards God. God I'm going to commit some of you. This is not, we don't push church here. But some of you need to go to next steps and get on the dream team because you're weak in your consistency. And some of you, your kids see it and your marriage sees it. 
and your life is inconsistent, stretch where you're weak so God can help you become strong. Some of you, it's in your relationships. You're longing for relationships, but you're bottled up and you rush out of here after church. Take 10 minutes. The coffee's free and it's not bad. And meet somebody and stretch where you're weak and watch what God will do in your life. Some of you just need a friend. Some of you don't need another podcast or another book. You need someone that knows your name and knows your face and knows your story and knows your strengths and your weaknesses. You need to stretch. You need to join a small group. We're launching them next week. You need to stretch yourself. You need to stretch where you're weak. Matthew 9 is a recap about new wine and new wineskin. And the truth is this, stretching always precedes activity. If you run before you prepare, you'll injure yourself. Stretching determines your activity. If I'm going for a run, I don't stretch my neck. If I'm getting ready to play soccer, I'm not stretching my hands. Why? Because stretching determines activity, that what you stretch is what you plan on using and building. What God wants to pour into your life and through you can't be contained in some of our old ways. Listen to me, church. We're going into our third year. Some of us are getting some old ways. When we're new, everything's new, but some of us are getting into some habits, and some habits are good. But some of us need to get rid of our old ways, get rid of old mindsets, old routines, old attitudes. If you want what you've always had, just keep doing what you've always done. But somewhere inside of us, inside of you and me, there's a craving for more of God and the newness of God. I've caught glimpses of the power of God in my life and in others' life, and nothing satisfies like the presence of God. When people walk in here and tears coming down their face, and they're going, I don't know what this place is. I don't know what's in the coffee, but I can't stop crying. I want more of that. I want people going, I don't understand but God's doing something in my life. I don't understand it, but I feel like God's doing something. I want more of that. I love my marriage, but I want a better marriage than I had in 2019. My kids are brilliant, but I want my kids to be more in love with Jesus in 2020 than they were last year. I want to be a better disciple than I was in 2000, and I want to be a better pastor and leader and follower than I was. Why? I want more. If I want something I've never had, I've got to do something I've never done. I've got to stretch Stretching can hold off aging. I read that this week as I researched stretching. It can actually hold off aging. It's the truth. I've seen it here at church. Some of you are actually reversing the aging process spiritually. Some of you, you're like kids when you come in here. You can't wait to get in here. Get a bench out there and sit down and talk to somebody. Some of you, you cry when we cancel church. Not the pastors. Sometimes we want a break. Some of you are like, oh, what a shame. Church is canceled. But some, why? Because it's reversed. Some of you have never felt so alive. You're coming up with ideas of how we can reach our city, how you can reach your neighbor. Some of you have never invited people to church in your life, and now you're like, I'm going to invite people. Why? Stretching can reverse your aging. I'll be 45 in May. I, I haven't felt this young in years. Something is happening inside me. As I stretch, it can hold off aging. Not maturity, but aging. God wants to stretch you this year. He wants to stretch you. Do you want your relationship with Jesus to grow this year? Do you? What a shame to grow the church but shrink in your faith. 
We're growing as a church. Have you noticed? We soon have to open the balcony, and then we'll be going to two services. What a shame to grow this church, but shrink in our own personal faith. Dream team, listen to me. What a shame to reach more people on Sundays, but we start shrinking back spiritually. Worship team, what a shame to learn new songs, but in our private times, we shrink back. What a shame to preach better messages, but live a shrinking life. What a shame to add more relationships to your life, but shrink in your capacity of your faith. What a shame to have more friends and less prayer. What a shame to have more adventure, but less commitment. The activity of growth starts with stretching. Where is God wanting you to grow this year? I'm asking you today. I want you to think about that. Where is God wanting you to grow this year? That's where God wants you to stretch. Some of you need to stretch in prayer. This is not a heavy I have to. Where does God want to grow you? Stretch in prayer. Some of you need to stretch in giving. You need to give to people, your time, your opportunities. Instead of giving the best opportunities to yourself, you need to give it to others. Some of you, it's your finances. You need to stretch in your giving. You need to stretch in your love. Some of you only love those that look like you and act like you. Some of us need to stretch in our loving. Some of you are missing out on some of the best moments to love people that don't look like you and act like you. We need to stretch in our loving. We need to stretch in our listening. Oh, God, help me with this one. I need to stretch in my listening. I need to stretch in our helping. We need to stretch today. Church, in everything we do this month, don't forget to stretch. Where does God want to grow you? Is your marriage stagnant? Is your purity shrinking and becoming fragile? Do you need to stretch and maybe put some more of this and stretch? Ah, it's dry, it's hard. Sometimes it's not easy reading this book. And I can tell you all the quotes. If you know the author, it changes everything. And I can tell you, sometimes it's not easy. But I need to stretch where I want to grow. If I want to grow my spirit, I need to stretch my habits. We need to grow this year. That's what we need to stretch. All over this place, can we stand to our feet? We're going to close in a moment. We're going to sing this song. We're going to worship together. I'd ask that no one moving around unless you have to right now. As we start this very first Sunday of 2020, some of you need to understand the stretching of starting a relationship with Jesus Christ. Some of you walked in here going, man, I haven't been to church in a long time or ever. If I have, it wasn't like this. But something inside of you, beyond my words, beyond the song, something inside of you, you're feeling something you've never felt. Some of you, it's peace. Your life is chaos, but you walked in here, you're like, man, something peaceful about it. Some of you, it's joy. You're just, you walk in here and you just, other you, you're emotional. I'll tell you what that is. It's the presence of God saying, I want to start a relationship with you. Today in a moment, I'm going to ask you if you want to start a relationship. You don't know Jesus. You, don't, you wouldn't say that he's boss of your life. It's not joining a church. It's about knowing Jesus and saying, God, forgive me for my past, and I want to consult you. I want to give you my life. I want you to lead me. He'll lead you. His plan's better than yours. 
In a moment, I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I want you to stretch your hand up in a moment. I'm going to count to three. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his son. Jesus came and died on the cross. And he stretched his arms on the cross to increase his capacity for you and me. His stretching preceded his activity of adding to his family. And if he can stretch his arms on a cross to die for my sins, I can stretch my arm in church and say, God, don't forget about me. As we start this year, some of you need to stretch and say, I need to make a commitment for Christ to start my journey. And God, do something in my life. If that's you with every head bowed just for a moment, every eye closed, you say, Mike, I never prayed that prayer or I prayed it a long time ago and I haven't been following Jesus. And I want to follow Jesus. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, it's not everybody. Someone here today, God wants you to stretch three all over this place. If that's you, just raise your hand all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put it right back down. Thank you. Put it right back down. Can we pray today? Can we all pray this prayer? Worship team, pray it with me. We're going to pray this prayer together as we stretch today. Say, God, I choose you. Say, Lord Jesus, I stretch today towards hope, towards forgiveness, towards a fresh start. Forgive me for my past. Redeem my present. And lead me into the future. I need you, Jesus. Come in and do a work in my life. Change me. Help me. Lead me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we celebrate with you. But as you walk out, would you take that card and fill it out. Say, I made a commitment. Stop by that welcome table. We have a special gift for you. As you stretch today, we want to partner with you and just celebrate with you. Amen. Can we worship together? Can we sing this song together? Let me ask you as we sing this song, where does God want you to grow today? And where do you need to stretch? Come on, let's sing this together.